Hello my people, it's your girl Fopsy and today we have a solo episode. Not my plan at all. I really plan to have a guest today. Got all dressed up and made up yesterday, ready to record. But then turns out there was some miscommunication between me and the guest and <sighs> anyways, it didn't work out. But I'm like, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to show up and provide value to the people and we're not going to skip a week. So here we are with a, a solo episode. You know how sometimes when we talk about marriage and relationships, we make it sound very formulaic, do this, do that, and everything will work out nicely, you know, happily ever after, that kind of thing. (laughs) What if that doesn't actually happen? What if that's not exactly your experience? What if you do everything right and things are still not quite as planned? What happens when you get married to a great person of God, you spent all these years, you know, learning about relationships, what to do, what not to do, and in your actual marriage, your your anger issues start to pop up and you, you find yourself flinging place at your husband, talking to him in a way that, you know, he's moved to tears and you don't realize how bad your speech is until you, you kind of see him weeping, um, which is a true story, by the way. What happens when the same sex that you waited for, this good thing now becomes a chore because you're trying to have a baby and every time you have sex, it's actually a reminder of this could be another chance at failure. What happens when it's not all rosy and all the rules and formulas count for nothing? That's what we're talking about today. When it gets real, when love isn't enough, when the rule book uh, version of marriage isn't quite what you're experiencing. How do you navigate these seasons to find joy, to find, um, to build resilience and to come out on the other side? I'm never a fan of suffering. I'm never a fan of saying, you know, we're just suffering for the sake of suffering. But I do think that there can be seasons where we can face adversity, um, build resilience and still find joy as well. Because even during difficult seasons, you can find joy. So today, I'm going to talk about some real stories where things didn't quite go as planned. How they navigated it. And um, they're real life stories, like I said. One of them is going to be Pastor Eno Jerry's story. She is the wife of... Pastor Jerry Aze, who is the Nigerian pastor that is famous for the What God Cannot Do Does Not Exist movement. So he leads prayers every day and has been doing so for, I think, three years now. And he has a massive following, um, basically a well-known pastor. And his wife wrote a book called I Almost Ruined My Marriage. She details some very interesting process where she, um, in advantage, where she, inadvertently was doing things that was like not good for her marriage i haven't read the book but i have listened to two interviews by her and i was they were very riveting to say the least just like the fact that despite all her prayers her attending seminars to you know find the right man she did she did find a man that feared god that loved god and all of that but her prayers weren't enough to change her behavior her baggage from the experiences she'd had growing up, seeing her own parents fighting, the strong um, person who grew up with boys and who was kind of used to giving basketballs, like my Nigerian say, which is basically like you meet fire for fire in, in arguments, in conversations. It's almost like you are returning fire, essentially. And you know how there's this Bible verse that says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, something like that. Oh, look at me. That was actually exactly the phrase. Proverbs 15. I don't know which verse. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but the harsh answer stirs up anger. 
and it was essentially what she was doing um with her word with her words so that's proverbs 15 verse 1 with her words with her actions stirring up wrath in her marriage um and in many ways doing things that were the way proverbs would describe it very foolish for a person who is trying to build a home um i think the bible also says that you know a wise woman builds her home and a foolish woman tears it down or something like that all of this is happening and she's a pastor's wife she is you know yelling at her husband she is reenacting some of her childhood drama um she is um struggling to keep her mouth like hold her tongue when she's angry and i don't know his side as much although she says in her descriptions that he was pretty much a saint that he was praying for her during this time teaching her how to manage anger teaching her how to how not to like respond immediately and it wasn't just to him that she was um explosive she was just generally exploding like this my first thought when i was listening to this interview was ma'am what what were you guys doing during your dating was it always like this um or did you guys just ignore things and i think she said that i don't know was it him or her because i've listened to both interviews from both of them Uh, she said that like there were hints of it during their dating but like it got i think it got worse during marriage but in my own ex- in my own um, listening to their story, she gave one example where the day after they got married, literally the, the, the like imagine you got married on a Saturday, on the Sunday, he went for a ministration, <laughs> like he went to the pastor, the husband went to go minister at the place, and you know you might think that's not a big deal, you know he's a pastor, but he also had a full time job, so it wasn't like that was his only source of um, earning, but he went left his wife at home and she was at home brewing essentially like stirring up in anger when he came back she gave him an entire earful so much that the man was moved to tears and you know she was so used to getting him to that extreme and only when she would see the effect like she was done talking and see what has had happened would would she like realize oh my god this is serious and this whole time um she said they were they were young he was praying for them he was sponsoring her for her masters so like to be to be honest i was like wow this man sounds like a saint too but i see that they both had things that they just had to grow into for example now i would say that as a young minister your ministry is important but your family too is very important and it's not wise to have just taken off to a ministry i think even outside town the day after you got married like that should have been something you told your fiance while you were you know engaged that hey this is booked for this date um, i'm going to try to get them to move to a different date but if not would you be willing to come with me i feel like it should have been a conversation but we can say all these things in retrospect because you know we have the privilege of hindsight but the the moral of the story here is they kind of had to go through it what helped them was that the husband feared god honestly the husband feared god the husband was praying for her interceding for her for i think this whole thing went on for about seven years seven years of disastrous outbursts and i was just like waiting for okay so what happened what was the turning point in people's marriage and she goes that her relationship with god got stronger this whole time she was a christian though they even met at like like a um an event that was hosted on her campus and they had just mentioned her name and as they mentioned her name as one of the leaders he said he felt in his spirit that that was his wife that that was their process of meeting and it felt you know almost like divinely ordained i'm never a fan of you know the lord said they're my wife but sometimes it, it does happen that way um 
but the turning point for her was her relationship with God getting stronger and she said she started to grow in understanding, in wisdom. So interesting that no matter how spiritual you are, you can still lack understanding, you can still lack wisdom. She started to learn, you know, how not to speak when she was angry. She started to monitor her face and almost like trick her mind into calming down by, you know, smiling even when she was angry. Started to realize the impact of, you know, how she grew up with boys who were fighters, you know, all of that. Recognizing her triggers and slowly things turned around. So it was very, very interesting and I still kind of want to have her on this channel at some point. I have pitched to her. I'm going to follow up some more. People should be praying to, for, to God. She's a very gifted speaker. And when she tells this story now, you can check out her stories on YouTube um, and her book, I Almost Ruined My Marriage. Eventually, God changed her heart and God turned her heart. And now she, she she's teaching other people how to calm down from anger as well. And, you know, things that cause you to erupt. On her husband's part, I find it very interesting that during all these years, he did not engage a third party I would have said there were many opportunities to engage a third party rightfully in this scenario because there was abuse, physical, um, sorry, psych psychological abuse, or what's the one you do with your words, emotional abuse, and the ones with some dangerous situations like the flinging plates. I don't think she flung it at him. I think she just likes, like, you know, when you're angry and just like wipe all the plates. I don't even know that kind of anger, but yeah. There were many opportunities to have, you know, brought in a third party, but he did not. And that somehow made her feel protected. I think I would have said he should have brought a third party in sooner and maybe that would have helped. But I'm not God. I don't know what instructions the man might have gotten from God. All that to say, this was a scenario where they both were supposedly Christians. They both were human beings still because our human faults are still there even when we're Christians. And the only reasons we were able to make it work was because... Pastor Jerry, her husband, felt like God was using this experience to teach him patience and he would pray and go to God every time she erupted. She also said that one of the things that made her turn around was she could see that like before, you know, there's a way somebody that loves you is tender towards you, kind of has a soft spot for you, is eager to help you and all of that. And despite him being a believer and all of that, she started to see that like softness for her kind of fade away. Like even though he was a man of God and praying and asking God for help, in his human capacity, he was beginning to get hardened towards her, kind of like a wall was going up when he came to her. And that also made her realize, you this is a serious problem. So in addition to God intervening in her affairs, she also realized that her actions were beginning to have consequences. That's one example of when, <laughs> despite knowing well, marriage can still be work and require a lot of, the Holy Spirit's help and also a lot of self-awareness to see when things are going wrong. I want to share another story with you as well from Dang. So there is an Instagram page called Diary of a Niger Girl. It's kind of a blog run by someone named Ife. And she's doing a series called Dang Love and Marriage where people are sharing their love stories and it's all beautiful stuff. You know how we say that bad news spreads fast and in the world of marriage and relationships, we hear a lot about the divorces, we hear a lot about the cheating, but we don't hear so much about the good stories. So this is one of the many good stories that she'd shared. And I kind of like this one, so I thought I would share it with you as well. Because it's another example of beyond rules and stuff that make marriage work. Um, when life happens, your response to it is kind of what makes or breaks how things turn out. 
um like we can give all those rules but i think it's also helpful to just share stories and in the stories you can decide to take what you want to take from it and um learn what you will toss what's not relevant and essentially learn by doing so so this one is a lovely story so listen along so the person goes hi i'm one of your silent followers who admires you a lot seeing your series on good marriages made me excited and also encouraged me to share my story with you and the community I met my husband in 2012 and we have been married for eight years. In all honesty, I didn't even want to be friends with him. I was rude, nasty and awful at times to him, but he was always patient with me. Women, people need to fix your bad habits. This is my own commentary. Anyways, we eventually became friends. There was one time when someone I wanted to date messed up and I called him, my husband, to vent. He allowed me to speak. He didn't interrupt and after I was done, he said, when are you going to realize that I am here? I'm here for you, with you. I hung up on him, cleaned my eyes, started pondering, what's wrong with this one? <laughs> Instead of him to console me, he's talking nonsense. I sure don't know, but somehow, somehow, I called him back and asked him to repeat himself. He did, and we agreed to talk about it. Man, I guess God just shows mercy to some people because <sighs> different people have different experiences. But again, there are good stories out there. I hope you guys can tell which one is my commentary and which one is the story. You see this God, the thing is, we didn't leave in the same state. That's one of the major reasons I didn't want to date him. But I got a call a couple days after we agreed to talk that I had gotten a job in his state of residence. Wow. It was so unexpected. I had no choice but to move across River Niger for the job and him. And they say the rest is history. But she tells us more. Okay. We have no kids yet. But we're very happy he's an only child and i come from a large family with three brothers and two sisters initially when we got married we had a lot of issues as an only child he's used to doing things a certain way meanwhile i grew up with plenty of people in my house so yeah we had a lot of differences but we have somehow managed to have one voice which amazes me at times two years into our marriage i have had to have five birds taken out my husband was on study leave he suggested I waited till he was done with his exam so he could take care of me. That's pretty sweet. That period made me fall harder for this man. He stayed in the hospital with me from the eve of the surgery till the day I was discharged. He didn't leave me for one day. My mom and siblings kept going and coming. He personally bathed me every morning till I was able to do it myself. He hates cooking but did it because I couldn't. He took very good care of me. Another time was when I had to have an HSG. We didn't know what it was till it was time. I don't know what HSG means, but I imagine it's a major surgery. I googled it and HSG is an exploratory infertility procedure that kind of helps them see inside your uterus and fallopian tubes um, to see if they're partially blocked, fully blocked. And it sounds like this one was painful. He waited in the outer room and the procedure started. From the glass partition, I could see a doctor and another man trying to bar my husband from coming in. Apparently, he heard me screaming and crying. He kept shouting, what are they doing to my wife? Why is she screaming like that? Move, let me in. Looking at him after it was done, I knew without a doubt that there was no doctor on earth that would ask me to repeat that procedure. And my husband would agree. He was more shaken than I was. Sounds like a really sweet man. We may not have it all, but we have this love and this understanding that we are a team. Whenever we have a misunderstanding, he would tell me, it is you and I in this. We are a team. 
We work together and not against each other. My husband is an honest man. He is kind to a fault. And his humility annoys me at times because people tend to take it for granted. He makes me want to be better. He makes me really happy. Our home may be devoid of the noise of children. Oof. But it's filled with a lot of peace, a lot of love and joy. I just want to use this medium to say thank you, SBA, for making our home a safe place. No one bothers me. No one disturbs me. And you did that. You make marriage worth it. I am grateful for the gift of you. Olamide. Yeah. Being Nigerian, it's a different ballgame. Yeah. When it's, it's just a different ballgame when you don't have kids yet. Everybody has an opinion and it's, it's a lot. I can imagine what they've been through in the last eight years. But I'm just so moved also by her husband's commitment to her and her to him as well and their love and partnership. This is one of those scenarios where you don't plan to not have kids or to have to struggle with having kids. Apparently, one in six couples struggle with infertility. Um, it complicates things and adds layers to your discussions, to your life that you didn't even know you would have to have. These are some stories of real people navigating life in spite of the adversity they're facing or they faced and just them going through it. And my hope is that through all of this, you can see that it might not all be rosy. It's not all necessarily happily ever after, after those I do's, but it's what you make of it. I'm currently reading Option B by Shirley, not Shirley, but Cheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant. And I am not that far into it yet, but I'm loving it. I just like the idea that sometimes you don't choose to be left with Option B. But if that's what you have, you have to figure out how to make the best of it. Face adversity build resilience, and find joy. So that's all I got for you guys today. Next week, I am away on vacation, but I am recording another episode today, actually tomorrow, that I'm very excited about. I'm having a guest who's going to talk about her experience with sickle cell anemia, living with it, and what a perfect time to talk about um, resilience and stories of navigating life despite adversity i decided that this season i wanted to share more real stories of people who have been through different things and are are still navigating life with joy because like advice is good but stories stick with us better so i decided to find people who are able to share their stories who are generous with their stories and i don't take it for granted at all that people are willing to share with me i'm looking for people with interesting stories, interesting life stories, people who have faced adversity, people who are just living their life and I want to bring them on. So I have someone to talk about sexual anemia and potentially infertility um, if time allows. I have someone to talk about immigration and the struggles of finding jobs that are um, jobs that are commensurate with your education and experience when you move abroad. I might have someone to talk about immigrating as an older adult because it's a different experience totally. Um, and I want to have more couples talk about love and relationships. And then I, I'm considering taking on the beast of where are the men with a panel this summer. All things being equal, all funds being available because I'm going to need a studio or something for that. Anyways, so you all should keep me in your thoughts and prayers for grants i'm applying to and um plans that we have and people are reaching out to and for strength for me i think it might be time to build a team out soon very soon 
Anyways, I don't want this to get rambly, but I just wanted to share some potential things in the pipeline with you. And if you have guest suggestions, people that you think are great to talk to, they don't need to be famous, honestly. I just want people that have interesting life stories and that are willing to be generous with their stories to share. Thank you for listening up to this point. My name is Fopaya Mkwacha, aka Fopsy the Great, around the internet, and I'm the host of Dear Fopsy. Um, you should follow me on social media at Fopsy the Great and follow the podcast at Dear Fopsy. We talk about all different things. This week alone, we've talked about IVF while single, the Christian perspective. We've talked about why first time sex doesn't have to be painful. And every time I read something interesting and I want to share with the community, and I can't save it to the podcast. That's where it's going to be. So be sure to follow there. And if you have not subscribed on YouTube, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's at Fopsy the Great on YouTube as well. So all the links should be in the description. Do that. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, be sure to leave a rating. Make it five star because it's awesome. And if you've enjoyed this and you want to help more people find it, definitely share with your story and share what you liked about it. Tag me and I'll repost. Until next time. It's spring in Canada, so you all better be outside taking walks and enjoying this podcast. Don't be in your house sitting down. You know how scarce this weather is. Be outside and enjoying all the beautiful sunlight. And wear your sunscreen even when you're black. You know, we need sunscreen too. Shout out to a couple people who have been, you know, supportive, extra supportive lately. Eniola Tito, I think that's, yes, this is for you. Thank you. Angela, thank you. Ebon, thank you. This is also your birthday month, so happy birthday, guys um and until next time (laughs) bye guys enjoy life and share this podcast with somebody Bye bye